Hi, everyone. Welcome to Being Patient Perspectives. I'm Deborah Kahn, founder of Being Patient. Uh, today, we have a first-person perspective um, where we interview people who have a diagnosis of um, dementia. And today, um, joining us is Eugenia Zuckerman. Um, she is in upstate New York right now. She is a musician um, and an author and was diagnosed in her early 70s. Um, Eugenia, thanks so much for joining us. My pleasure. Thank you. So let's just get a little bit of background. Um, you know, Eugenia, I know you you were a journalist like myself. You appeared on um, CBS Sunday Morning for many years. Um, tell us a little bit about um, what you were doing and how you noticed, um, first and foremost, how that's, that something may be wrong. Well, I've always had multiple things that I'm doing at the same time, and I didn't really notice much. It was my daughter's who said to me, you're not making a lot of sense. And I would say, oh, that doesn't matter. Uh, and it kept going to the point where one of my daughters said, I'm going to take you and you're going to be tested. So we got into a subway, went uptown, and indeed I was tested. And um, I was uh, very surprised at the results um, because it turned out that indeed I had the um, early al Alzheimer signals, etc. And so I went through a series of tests, and I'm probably one of the only people you might know who enjoyed having the um, CAT scan, mm -hmm. it, because I loved the music. To me, <laughs> that crazy sound was, was fun. So there was no fear in this. Uh, the, and my daughter and I then got on a subway, and laughing our way back to, to our places in the city. And I went up into my apartment. I sat down at my desk and I stared at the wall for quite a long time. And then for some reason, don't know why, I picked up paper and pencil and started writing. So I, that was, was so important as a, you know, what happened after. So I, I just want to spend a little bit more time on that, you know, before you knew, before those tests, and you said, you know, you didn't notice anything was wrong. There was really nothing that you could tell, but it was your daughter. And what, what, when she said you weren't quite yourself, what did that mean exactly? Did she notice memory problems or did it manifest in different ways? Well, I have two daughters uh, and they both sort of ganged up on me in, in the most loving way. Yeah. I had no idea that I wasn't making sense uh, or that I wasn't where I had been in the past, etc. I thought this is just, you know, I'm doing so many things. Of course, I'm, you know, sometimes I get confused about things. But it was obviously very clear to me after I had been tested that there something was going on. And I for some reason was not afraid of it. Um, and I suppose that sitting down and writing was my way of trying to understand it. And um, I've, I've written a poem about this and maybe, could I read that? Yeah, I, we would love to hear this. Right, tell us, and this is, a, this is a poem within the book that you wrote, um, which is, the title is? Like Falling Through a Cloud. 
like falling through a cloud. Um, okay, please, please read it to us um, first and then we can discuss it. Marbles. Maybe mine are lost or maybe they're rolling around in my head looking for a place to land or maybe not. My daughters tell me to get tested. Tested for what, I ask, even though I know for what, but it's for what I don't want to know. So I let the marbles roll around in a swirl of distracting colors because I don't want to listen to them, the daughters, because if I hear them, I will be very afraid. And this mother cannot be that mother, not ever, never. It's beautiful. Did, did, at what point did you write this poem? Was this right after diagnosis? I think it was, yes, indeed. Yeah. Uh, I, I was suddenly very aware of, whoa, this is something, and I have to deal with this, and I find a way to absorb it. Um, strangely, I, I did not feel angry. I felt, well, this is what is happening. And I think it was some kind of wonderful gift that I was given to be able to write about it. And I don't know why, but it was mostly in verse. And um, after I had written 25 pages, uh, I asked my younger daughter to, to read it. I said, I have no idea what this is. And she read it and she said, Mom, this is really something. You should just keep going. And I kept going. And um, it was a, an extraordinary experience for me to find out more about myself and how this works and you know what what might be the future um, so writing the book was a, a great experience a great experience and, and i am amazed at and very grateful for the wonderful reception it has uh, it has given me and uh, continues to give me, to give me because people want to know about it so as you were reading this, uh, as you were reading that beautiful poem, um, we're getting comments saying beautiful, thank you. And um, someone who just con uh, commented, you're so well-spoken. And what's interesting is, um, you know, sometimes Alzheimer's, we know it impacts people in different ways, but you haven't lost the ability to really express yourself, have you? I don't think so. I do forget words. Um, I do sometimes, you know, blank out for what I, what it was I was thinking and I better go back and figure that out. Um, I, I don't know. I just was able to move forward. And the writing was a, a great gift to me because it was my other. I, could, uh, I had me and me uh, doing it. And uh, somehow it, it gave me a, a, a great deal of comfort. Were you a writer prior to, did you write poetry before um, your diagnosis? Great yeah. deal of published uh, six books and I, you know, I'm a writer as well. So this was a, an extraordinary uh, thing that happened and I hadn't decided, okay, I'll write this in verse. It just happened. So it was, um, I think of it as magical. I don't know. It is, it is magical and how you express it too um, is, um, 
Eugenia, I'm, I'm fascinated and I'm so happy that we're talking to you because we've often spoken and aside from being, I mean, you're an artist of many, uh, you know, a, a, in a couple of ways, you're obviously a poet and writer, um, but you, you're also a musician. Um, you play the flute. Um, and um, I'm, I'm very, I'm fascinated because, you know, we've actually never spoken to a musician who's been diagnosed um, with dementia um, in the context of, you know, uh, uh, but we do speak a lot about music in the context of how music is preserved in in the brain, even with people who have um, dementia, it is often that they don't lose their ability to play music. Can you give us a little bit of insight into um, both pre-diagnosis and post-diagnosis, has your relationship with music and your ability to play music changed in any way for the for the better or, or for the worse? Well, just to go back a little bit, doctors are saying there's a very special connection between music and the brain, one that bypasses the neocortex and impacts the brain in a very therapeutic way. And when the brain is stimulated by music, its neurons begin to fire in synchrony. And that, to me, is just is fascinating. But to me, um, at, from a very young age, at the age of 10, when I uh, started playing the flute, my flute has always been my other. Uh, I would wake up in the morning at the age of 10, and I still wake up and do this, which I'm about to tell you, um, and uh, something, uh, you have disappeared. Oh, no, it's just, I just swapped the camera back and forth, oh. so don't worry. <laughs> um, I'm so, uh, I was saying that, um, that, I, that I play absolutely every day. That's what I do when I get up in the morning. And the flute is my other. It is my, you know, second person, always with me. And um, I'm very, very lucky that I've been able to have a, a, a major career in Europe um, and here and as the head of several music organizations uh, in different places. Um, so, so music really helps me write and writing helps me play somehow. I, I feel you know, very lucky that I've been able to have these several things that I do, and they all seem to meld and, uh, and give me uh, what I need, which is to express myself. Yes. Um, one of the things that I really love, though, is your attitude, right? I mean, a lot of people deal, you said when you got a diagnosis, it's just really what it was. And, you know, you're one of the few people who have um, described it in such an accepting way. So I just wanted to ask you more about that. I mean, most people are are devastated when they have um, a diagnosis. Um, how how do you explain that to us? Because I I love this integration with your music and the arts. Um, but that initial shock, it's it's like you handled it very well. Like how can you articulate a little bit about what what that was like and and how you were able to cope so well? You know, I can't even answer that. All I know is that I sat at my desk and I stared at the wall and something magical happened. Um, and I, I have very real recollection of that moment. Uh, and it was a moment of um, two things, sheer panic and actually 
knowing that I was going on an adventure. I knew that uh, I wasn't going to die the next day. I knew very little about this disease. And um, I just took it as I could. And I also, I have the most wonderful husband uh, who's so helpful and my children and my friends and my dogs and cat and horses. <laughs> so <laughs> to do, and um, I, I feel very normal. Uh, there's a normalcy about it. And uh, it's just not the normalcy that I used to have. I'm, I wonder if I could read another poem just about that point. Please, we would love that. I think it was very well received and um, you are certainly a beautiful writer, so please do. Words. They taunt me, tease me, test me when I fail to find them. I know they're hiding somewhere in the dark realm of my cerebellum, floating around, mocking, sneering, shouting, catch me, remember me, speak me. Sometimes it's wise to wait, wait for one word or the kernel of the word to explode like popcorn and leap onto my tongue, bringing others with it, stringing a sentence together for me to speak. And I say it, all the words in the right order, spilling out of my mouth. And my brain asks me, okay, was that so freaking hard? <laughs> I love that. That's, I mean, you, you, you're so expressive with this, but I want to say in a joyful way. I mean, it really feels to me, it doesn't feel dark and depressing. It feels like you're expressing yourself um, in, in a very joyful way. Is, is that how you see it? I don't know whether it's joyful. I just know that I, um, I, I know that the... Oh, sorry. My husband is reminding me that my book is an upper, and it is an upper. Uh, I feel very lucky that I was able to write, and I feel very lucky that I was able to write in a funny way, and a self-mocking way. Uh, there would be nothing worse for me to have done than to come home and cry and call my friends and, oh, woe is me, and how will I manage? You know, I gave that up immediately. And yes, as I am entering into maybe the fourth year of, of the early Alzheimer's, I'm very lucky and very grateful that I'm able to go and talk about it to people who have the disease and want to hear someone who is going through it and who has been able to somehow, you know, get through in a way that is, is helpful for me and I'm told people find, find it helpful to hear something upside about this. And you know, you know what I love is that it doesn't really define you, right? You're Eugenia with who's the musician and the poet, but I, I think, you know, even though your writings are about having Alzheimer's, um, you're, you're still so involved in what you used to do. And I think that's probably part of the hardship about this disease for many people, which is it redefines them, it sets them on, but you're able to keep what's really important to you with the music, the arts, you know, close to you. Um, 
And it, you know, I, I think that's a really beautiful example of how life it's, it's inspirational. Life doesn't necessarily have to change, um, in for the negative, given that you have a diagnosis. Um, I mean, would you say you're a positive person? Yes, I'm a very positive person and I don't know why. But um, here's another upper poem. <laughs> please, I, you're, you're, I, the, the audience, if people who are watching are loving it, so please share more. What is and this one about? What is this called? This is called Getting It Together. I've made a date with my banker because I hanker to know where things stand when it comes to what I'll hand to my next of kin. So I should begin to keep track of stuff to see if there is enough to pass around when I'm under the ground. I'm not being dramatic, but I can no longer be static about what lies ahead when I'm dead, which oddly, I do not dread. Instead, I want to avoid leaving a mess for the family to assess. I'd like them to say, she left it this way to keep trouble at bay and to avoid a fray. I don't expect to croak at midnight's stroke but I don't want to be 103, which my mother achieved. I will stick with the plan I've made with my man. When the time seems right, we will have the delight of donning deer suits on the first day of hunting, and we'll go out in the fields and wait to meet our fates. Only I hope the hunters know how to shoot straight. Wow. You talk about not, you're, you're um, uh, we have another comment coming in too, saying she speaks so well and is so positive. You know, um, thank you for sharing those with us. A, a really beautiful poems. And that last one, you're speaking about a time when you're no longer here. Um, so I'm taking it that you don't, you know, you don't fear death. Do you, is there anything about Alzheimer's that you fear? I mean, it seems like you are so positive and you're just taking it on as it comes. Um, is, is there something you fear about this? I don't. I don't have any fear about it, the disease, etc. I have more of a fear of the people that I will leave behind for them. Because I think that... Um, from what I hear from other families, it, the difficulty for people who are living with someone with Alzheimer's is a kind of a, a sticky uh, dance that they do back and forward. You know, let's see what she's gonna be like today. Oh, maybe I should take her to the movies because maybe that would be good for her. Um, I, I didn't have much of, you know, needing to be taken care of. And perhaps that was what made me feel like I wasn't a terrible burden to my family. I know that um, I'm very lucky to be so close to my daughters and to my friends. And, and it helps enormously to know that if um, I can't remember someone's name, I'm at the point where I pick someone, you know, someone else up and say, hey, that guy I used to know that lived there, could you, do you remember his name? You know, I'm not shy about trying to find something if I need it. Um, and, you know, I, I had a, a kind of eye-opener, um, having done some um, public speaking, I'm talking about going to this, the, 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 um, the bookstores and talking. Book tour. Book tour, hello. Um, <laughs> yeah. um, one of the things was that uh, people talked about 
um, how difficult it is to have someone in the family who has Alzheimer, etc. And I felt so wonderful when one of the people who came backstage, a very elegant fellow, who uh, said to me that he, um, you know, his, his, he had he bought six books, and he said that his family uh, had, didn't really understand what was going on. But by hearing what I had said, he could go back to them and tell them uh, and make it easier for them to be able to help him understand his Alzheimer's. So that was a, a wonderful, wonderful thing. It was a gift to me to hear someone say that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Eugenia, you talked in that last poem about one of your parents. Was it your mother or your father who lived to 103? Is that right? My mother lived. Your mother. Did did you have dementia in your family um, prior to your diagnosis? Did any of your parents or family members? Well, I remember when my diagnosis happened. My daughter, my uh, said my sister, said to me, "Well, you know that seven people in the family died of Alzheimer's disease, don't you?" And I said, "Really? Why didn't I know that?" So that was something I just. I guess just decided I'm not going to think about that one. So uh, was was part of what it was. And my mother was a, a dancer and a teacher. She was um, first woman admitted to City College School of Engineering. She was quite amazing and um, and very funny. And um, when she was in her in her last few days I sat across from her and she her eyes were closed and uh, I kept talking to her and I said mom it's Jeannie I love you it's Jeannie and finally she opened her eyes and she said I know and you're letting you go <laughs> <laughs> that's wonderful yeah I mean really yeah. Do, do you have um, do you have one more poem that we can end on that you could read to us? I would love to. And this one is called A Super Sunny Sunday. Almost August and the tomatoes are bulging on their vines. The flowers continue to burst toward the sky in colors that astound while on the ground our once hearty kale has been ripped out by rabbits who attack at dawn and are gone in a flash, leaving the crop tattered and torn. Nothing lasts forever, not kale or tomatoes or cucumbers or the glorious flowers that fill our fields or the people we adore. And though I know my days are numbered, I feel unencumbered by thoughts of my demise. I do not embrace my inevitable decline but I'm determined to find a way to make the rest of my stay on this problematic planet filled with light and love and music. As for the dear suit I promised to don, I don't think I'll put it on. Not now, not yet. I'm not ready, I feel steady. And I have a strategy to keep on keeping on, which is simple. Wake up, fetch the flute, summon up syrinx, give thanks for another day, and then play on, play on, play on. 
Thank you. Thank you. And with that, what a what an inspirational way to end this interview. Um, Eugenia, as one viewer just um, typed in saying, you are an amazing lady and inspiration to many. It's a pleasure listening to your words and poems. Stay strong. Thank you so much. I mean, really inspirational. Now, um, if our audience wants to keep in touch with you, if they, uh, I know you have a web website, is that right? Um, it's Eugenia Zuckerman. Eugenia um, Zuckerman.com. We'll post that in in this um, uh, on on the thread of of comments. And there's um, in it. Z U K E R. Okay, Z U K. Yes, got it. Um, we'll post the link to your website um, um, in the thread of this interview. But thank you, thank you for being you. I mean, I I. I, I think that you win for the best attitude um, with coping with having a, um, a diagnosis of Alzheimer's and you certainly are an inspiration to all of us. Thank you for the time and for sharing your perspective. Thank you so much and all best to everyone. Great. So if you missed any of this interview, um, if you want to hear Eugenia um, recite the poetry that she did in such a beautiful way, we will always repost these interviews on beingpatient.com. Um, please send us your comments. Uh, we'll link to Eugenia's website so you can keep in touch with her. And I know she has a, a book of a collection of her, her wonderful poetry. So thanks very much for watching. Um, we'll keep you posted. Uh, sign up for our newsletter if you want to know more about both Being Patient Brain Talks and Perspectives, our live series of interviews. Thanks very much for watching.